Welcome to Press Box. I'm your host, Jay Stoyan. You're watching TDC Sports. On the show today, we are really excited, very excited, because we have, from the Invictus Games, we have Chief Commercial Officer Bill Cooper's coming on today. We're really excited. We're really happy that uh, he took time out of his busy schedule, so we're honored to have him on. Stay tuned. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Bill Cooper from the Invictus Games. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thanks, Jay. Great to be here. This is great. We're really excited. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule because we know you are one busy guy. So again, we have on Chief Commercial Officer Bill Cooper from the Evictus Games 225 out in BC. So Bill, what I'm going to do is just hand over the baton to you. Let's start from the finish, but then we'll sort of accelerate it into where we are today. So tell us your connection to the games and what's going on today, let's say. Well, what's going on today is we're in build mode. You know, it's a startup operation. So we're building the organizing committee uh, that's mandated to stage the games. And we're hugely fortunate that we have partners to work with who have been supporting this community for decades. And th they are the backbone of what where our legacy goes and what the games ultimately result in. But our mandate as an organizing committee is just to stage a world-class edition of the games. Um, and so we're we're in hiring mode. Uh, we're in install mode. You know, we're setting up the office and putting up banners and making sure we have Wi-Fi and all those kind of things. Uh, we're currently about, I think, about 22 staff members. And by the time of games time, we should grow to around about 150 to 170 in that range. Give you a sense of the scope wow. and scale. So we're in, in very much in startup mode. And I take it, obviously, you're in BC, right? Obviously, just so we're in BC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our games are in Vancouver and Whistler. Uh, and one of our unique attributes is we're the first ever winter edition of the Invictus Games. Uh, Actually, so I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. That That's really good. So maybe I'm going to jump in, tell our people or tell people in general in Canada, because I'm sure a lot of people, they know about the games, but they don't know in detail what the games provide and the inspiration that they're all about. So give us a little overview tagline of the games and then we'll get into more questions yeah absolutely so you know full disclosure I'm, I'm relatively new to the family i was working on the bid project for roughly a year so my journey so far has been a little less than two years um so take my take my description with that with that uh, you know disclaimer but the games are all about healing through sport they're about humans healing through sport and those humans are ill and injured service members and veterans. Um, and they give, get given the opportunity to participate in the games because those around them, those are helping them recover from their illness or injury, have identified the opportunity of the games, participating in the games as potentially being hugely powerful to their recovery journey. And that's how the, the competitor in question is selected to represent their country in the Invictus Games. The Invictus Games attempt to be every two years. I say attempt because COVID threw a spanner in that and it's been a, a little bit discombobulated the schedule, but we're trying to fall back into a pattern of every two years. So this year's games are actually in Düsseldorf, Germany, very soon, they're in September, first week of September. So Team Canada, as well as the other 24 uh, Invictus nations are all preparing uh, to partake in those games in September as we speak. 
Um, and each one of the athletes, after they're selected, are entitled to bring two members of either their friends or family who are important members of their healing journey and healing team. And so the Invictus Games, what I, of the many things I love about it and am inspired by, is they put as much emphasis in many ways on the friends and family as they do the competitor, because it's what it's you know very heavily recognized that the friends and family are twofold, both dealing with an injury of their own, emotional, watching their loved one go through the recovery they are, but they're also an intrinsic part of the healing team. Uh, and so they're an incredibly important member. So our mandate as an organizing committee is to think about the arrival of both the competitors, their coaches and their friends and family as a complete um, sort of population that we need to steward and take care of and give an amazing experience to them all collectively. That is such a positive vision. And it's so important that you included the family and spouses and friends of, P of the veterans because they are so important to to that person's life, right? So I, I commend you on that. I think that's amazing. Let's talk a little bit now. It started in 214, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Right. And so tell me about the connection with Harry, like Prince Harry. Tell me a little bit that for people who don't know. Well, I mean, the way I see it and the, the portions of the information I, I know um, is that it's a human reaction. Um, I mean, I think Prince Harry, the, the human, went to the Warrior Games in the U.S. in before 2014 so i think it was the 2013 edition of the warrior games and he was inspired by what it represented and the impact it was having on the participating competitors and he just walked away with the observation that we need this globally um and so he went home to london and fortunately at that time london well it's always populated with talented people yep. but the, the recency of having hosted the olympic and paralympic games in 2012 and all the sort of you know, motivated and intelligent people that came out of that project or some of them, you know, banded together with Harry to, to, to deliver on this, this vision of taking what the Warrior Games represented and to do it globally. And that manifested in the first edition of the Invictus Games in London in 2014. And everything that sort of governs us now is a, a positive legacy of that, that first edition of the Games. That, this is great. Like, I know the channel was involved back in 217, just as covering it because it was here in Toronto, right? So it was here in Toronto, and we, we went out and covered the games, and we were totally inspired by what I like is the kindness mixed in with the toughness. Like, yeah. you, you, you can't bottle that. Right. Like the veterans are our heroes and you just see them helping one another and showing act of kindness and the, the competitive nature, the level. I know it just sort of seeps into their body and just gives them such a positive sort of boost. Right. Like tell us about the games. Tell our, our fans a little bit about what to expect, what type of games are there, Bill, and, and how you feel about it. Well, I mean, I'm I'm inspired by it every time I think about it and I'm getting even as we sit here today, you know, it sounds cliche, but I'm getting little goosebumps when I think about some of the scenes I've seen, and I've been in the family so briefly in the grand scheme of things, but I had the good fortune of going to the games in The Hague last year, which was the last edition of the games, and I got to see firsthand how, you know, these are not high-performance athletes, these are humans healing, but once they're on the field of play, they, you know, they show all the attributes of someone you know, wanting to perform at the highest level that they can within the context of what they're coping with. And so 
it's not like they don't want to reach the finish line and it's not like they don't want to reach it as quickly or as effectively as they can, but really making it to the start line is as important, if not more important than what the result of the contest is. And these, the scenes you see repetitively are that the person that finishes first, almost inevitably, the first thing they do before they reach to hug their family is to turn around and see how the other competitors are doing. Amazing. And, and over and over again, they go back and run or swim the remainder of the race with the people still racing uh, because they're all sharing this journey they're on. They're all suffering from different forms of illness and injury, but there's a, a shared journey there for sure. And the fact that they all can meet each other where they are and, and get a sense of kindred belonging, um, a sense of being able, a pride of wearing the jersey again in terms of wearing the uniform. But I think even though they're proud to wear their respective countries uniform again, they're just as proud to compete with other nations. And what's very cool about the Invictus Games is that it's commonplace that if one nation doesn't have enough people to fill a sit volleyball team, other nations come and help and there's shared nations that participate. So it's, it's less about Holland winning sit volleyball and more about making sure everybody gets a chance to get out there on the pitch and play. Thank you for sharing that insight. That's amazing. Two things I want to touch on that you just said, where the winner always looks back and sees, make sure his uh, fellow competitors are okay. Like that is really amazing. And that you said uh, they take so much pride in just getting to the starting line. It's not about winning or losing. It's just about competing and, and, and reaching your goal, which is the games itself. Like, thank you for that's amazing insight that you shared that soldiers have shared with you. Like, yeah. thank you so much. I had an amazing opportunity um, after the games in The Hague. I sat in on a, a video call where some of the competitors were thanking sponsors for their contribution for making it possible for Team Canada to go and how impactful it was. And one of the alumni athletes, her comment was, while I was at the games, I felt hugged so tight that I was temporarily put back together, which wow. was so powerful, but it's also was intimidating for me. It's a reminder that we can't let that hug feel temporary. You know, we have to be looking at staging the games in a way that we look past the closing ceremony. Um, and we look past the athletes that are there because for every athlete that is there, there are many at home who haven't been selected for the games. And how can we make sure our, our services through entities like Soldier On and otherwise can get out into the community and be supporting uh, these uh, service members and veterans all day long, every every day, not just you know for ten days every two years for the Invictus Games. Exactly, but these games put such a spotlight on you know the need to support our heroes, um, what they go through every day. So we we can thank you know, the broadcasters, the uh, originators, the creators of the Evictus Games, yourself, Bill, all the volunteers, because it really helps the community. What I want to do right now, we're, we're talking to the chief commercial officer of the Evictus Games 225, Bill Cooper, who's been kind enough to come on our studio, our live show in our live studio. And 
We want to take a quick break, but before we do, we have our uh, some of our students from our employment programs, which is employment gr- programs for veterans, right? So we have some we have some students in here, and they'd like to ask you a couple of questions, but I'm going to read them. And uh, yeah, if it's okay with you, Bill, but we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back in two minutes. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. Well, you're watching Press Box. We have Bill Cooper on from the Evictus Game. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. On the show today, we have from Invictus Games 225, we have Chief Commercial Officer Bill Cooper on the show today. So, Bill, thank you so much for sharing your insight, the current status and developments of the games. And we want to also want to ask you later on how people can get involved because we I bet you there's 40 million Canadians that would love to be involved. So before we do that, let's ask a couple of questions from our studio audience members. Now, we have one question here. This is a really good one. What sport would you like to see added to the games, Bill? What sport would I like to see added? Oh, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, one of the, the tough parts with any of these projects is is the fact that you have to sort of draw a perimeter around what you're doing. Yep. And so because we're introducing winter sports, we are having to take away some traditional sports from our games. And so we will not have athletics in the Vancouver Whistler games. So what is one of the winter games that you like to touch on? Like give us a winter game that you think people would enjoy a lot. Well, we're, we are bringing into the family wheelchair curling, uh, downhill skiing, uh, snowboard, Nordic skiing, biathlon, and skeleton. That's, and a, all, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they all have their attributes and they're going to bring a fantastic layer to the games. But I think in answer to your, the person answering, asking the question, I think if I have a sense of, I don't guilt or, or, you know, there's always, there's an in and an out, Yeah. you know, what do I regret in adding winter is the, is the absence of athletics because the scenes I saw in the Hague around athletics of people, because there's so many different disciplines you can do in athletics from different distances of running and wheeling uh, and throwing sports, all these, there's so much variety in there which is fantastic. Um, I see in the chat someone, yeah. asked, uh, what is skeleton? Skeleton is sliding on the, on the sliding track, which is a legacy from the 2010 Olympic and Paralympic Games. And skeleton is the head first version. So okay. Down head first. And I think and there's I, another one there too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the skeleton is, uh, has been added for a few reasons, but one of it is I think the journey down the skeleton track is emblematic of the courage that's required for recovery. Okay. And so I think the addition of skeleton is less about turning, uh, you know, in, ill and injured service members into future skeleton, competitive skeleton athletes. And it's more about contributing to their journey of healing. Um, and that that's, I think, when we think about adding sports, we have to think about that. Because I, I noticed somebody has put in there, hockey would be great. I, th- I think that's true. Sledge hockey would be a great addition, but sledge hockey is not easy to learn. And that's, that's right. a great segue to a little interesting fact about the Invictus Games. Many of our competitors have not competed in the sports that they're in in the Invictus Games before. So we have to be careful that we're adding sports that that uh, that can be safe, enjoyable, contribute to your healing journey, that are a positive impact on, on why you're there. So in the case of alpine skiing, as an example, our alpine skiing in the Vancouver Worcester Games will actually 
cover multiple days, but there will only be one day of racing. And what will happen for the first few days is helping people get used to snow, helping people get used to a sit ski or an adaptive ski or get to know their guide if they're visually impaired, all the different things that happen in adaptive skiing. They'll go through that learning process for the first couple of training days before they they try our course and are, you know, you know, competing, as it were. That's so we really, have, yeah, that's great, Bill. Like the, you're, you're giving us information that, you know, they're very small details, but so important details that people just don't think of. I want to ask you a question for myself, since I'm a pet lover. Is there any involvement in the games and dogs there? Is there going to be any like sort of interaction? Well, the dogs are very present. Yeah. We have a, we have a cutely named barking lot at every one of our venues uh, to make sure the dogs have a, have a place and that they're taken care of. So they're part of the journey for sure. But in terms of active engagement in the sport itself, I, I don't think so, but it's an uninformed answer on my part. I can't think of a sport discipline where they're directly involved. Okay. Uh, but um, you know, for, sorry, but go the, ahead. the competitor has, you know, to the extent the competitor is reliant on that companion, all of our logistics and operations are oriented toward allow, allowing for that. Do I wonder, because I, I deal with an organization in the States called Sierra Delta, and they are the, the elite, one of the elite U.S., uh, I guess, Army divisions, and they are focused on uh, service dogs. And I wonder if they're going to Sierra Delta, I wonder if they will be there or organizations like that will be there supporting the games. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if they in particular, but that style of organization, I think that's what these interviews and moments are are hoped to achieve is to widen the message, make sure as many people know as possible that it's happening. And I think the games are, in, of the many things they are, one of the things they are is a catalyst and they're a catalyst to bring the community together. So these solutions and services are better documented, better distributed so that people understand these organizations exist so that when they go home from the games, they know where, if they've had an amazing experience doing Nordic skiing, how, what do they do when they go home? Because they want to be able to continue that pursuit. Ah. And that's where um, being a catalyst and, and a, a, an opportunity for organizations like that to come together, it becomes, an, you know, in many ways, a networking opportunity. Um, so that those services have a conduit, communication conduit uh, to the ill and injured service member and veteran community. That's great. But I just have a couple more questions and we're going to probably let you go because we know you're a very busy guy. Can you tell us how many competitors are going to be involved in the games? Sure. It's, um, it's, it's capped at 550. And okay. we estimate for our games, we estimate we will have 25 participating nations. Wow. Okay. And so the team sizes vary a bit depending on the country and the level, the amount of injury they have in that country and, this, and the amount of resource they have to support, et cetera. Um, so it can vary a bit. But we we have Team Canada going to Düsseldorf this September is 31 strong. Nice. And because we are hosting the games in 25, we're allowed to have a little bit bigger team. So we anticipate having a Team Canada of 60 strong in 25. Wow, that's great. Um, I do want to ask you because we are the disability channel and your involvement with disabled people and accessibility. So can you share a little bit about how 
I guess, convenient, how easy it's going to be to be able to get around because obviously all the soldiers are also a lot more disabled too. So they're going to have to have very easy you know, access. So can you tell us a little bit about your thought process on that one? Well, we're working on that as we speak and we're trying to, when we do our venue visits and our plans and select our hotels and things like that, that is top of mind. Um, and in order to make sure we're doing it as intelligently as possible and sustainably as possible, we're working with existing partners. So the Rick Hansen Foundation is helping us um, audit our venues and audit things so they can help us identify with the wisdom they have from past work. Um, so we're, we're doing both those things. We're trying to be intentional about our planning and we're trying to be sustainable and leaning on the wisdom that's already in the market as opposed to learning from scratch. Um, and so we're doing a few of those things. And also as we hire, we're trying to make sure we populate with people knowledgeable in the space. So a few of the first hires we made are two people that are very, very uh, experienced in adaptive sport. One of them is a woman who ran Whistler Adaptive Sport for the last 15 years. And another has been a longtime coach for the Team UK and other, and other teams that have participated in Invictus Games. And they're helping us advise us on decisions around sport, transport, and other things, quiet rooms, you know, height of the table at concession stands, all these things that you need to be mindful of. Um, they're they're bringing those eyes and ears to make sure we make smart decisions. Well, you can't get a better guy than Rick Hansen. I mean, Rick is yeah. great. He's such a nice guy. He's been so supportive of our channel. I actually interviewed him here right at Nathan Phillips Square uh, during the opening ceremonies of 217, and he was so so generous with his time, so kind. So you, you you can't team up with a better organization than Rick. Now, uh, one more question, and I will let you go, Bill. If people want to find out more about the Evictus Games, if they want to volunteer, if they want to tangibly support, where could they go? How could they get involved? Well, we do we do have a website. Okay. It's not it's not hugely elaborate yet. It will grow over time, but we do have a website. So, you know, you can search Invictus Games 2025 and you'll find your way to us. And we do have some uh, early registration capacity there. So you can sign on for more information. We anticipate that by um, our milestones like Dusseldorf this September and then our one year countdown next February, you know, at those milestones will grow in more and more sophistication and things like volunteer registration, um, signing up for ticketing programs and even merchandise and licensing so that A, you can wear the brand with pride, but B, you can contribute to the ill and injured service members because all of our programs, whether it be ticketing or merchandise or sponsorship, a, a sizable portion of that will go straight into the legacy of supporting ill and injured. And so all of those programs are designed to allow the consumer to participate. And so the starting place is, uh, you know, the, is, is the website and, and go from there. Can you and, give us the website, Bill? Can you give us, do you, know, do you have the web like www.invictusgames.ca or is that what it is or? Invictus Games 2025. 2025.ca. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're going to be sending people there. And if we can be of any help to you guys support, we would love to, to you know, help you guys. And I think you're doing a, a wonderful thing for, I mean, let's, let's face it. They're our heroes, right? They deserve all the help they can get. They do. They are our heroes and they've served and they're, they're struggling. And, and this is our, our opportunity to help them. And I think we're, we can take learning from that because, you know, frankly, we're all struggling. Uh, it's been a tough few years um, and it's all it, to take the time for us all to heal and to help others heal is uh, an amazing milestone for us.
Well, that's great, Bill. Again, I wish you all the best with the games. Thank you for bringing them to Canada. I think it's great for Canadians and, and people around the world, especially our veterans. Again, if we can be any of help, you just let us know. I really want to thank you. Remember, check out www.invictusgames225.ca or give Bill a call. I'm sure he will love to talk to you. Thanks, Bill. We really appreciate you being on today. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back and wrap the show. Thanks again, Bill. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the show. Wow, very exciting, very informative, very entertaining. I want to thank our studio audience. I want to thank our programs. I want to thank the Invictus Games. I want to thank Bill Cooper for taking the time out of his busy schedule to come onto the Disability Channel today and tell us all about the games coming up in February 225. Again, you're watching Press Box. I'm Jay Stoyan. We'll see you next time. Okay, 